Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. And I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. Yeah, I mean, everybody follows me, I'm so great. He said he will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he want to go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I don't want to... everyone you know what time it is it's time for the majority decision coming to you live from the great state of texas right here on blog talk radio i am your host greg the truth the co-host of the show is the black belt mr fay i want to thank everybody for downloading and listening to the show or listening live however you choose to listen i want to invite you to follow us on twitter at majority mma like us on facebook the majority decision And, of course, please do subscribe to the show. And if you like it and you think it's worth listening to it, tell somebody about it and uh, help us grow this thing a little bit. Um, Big weekend, of course. This past weekend was UFC 204, which came to us from Manchester, England, the big main event between Michael Bisping and... Dan Henderson will be talking about that, of course. We might even look ahead a little bit to UFC 205. Of course, for those that don't know, the scheduled event, which was going to take place next week, which was UFC Fight Night, Lamas versus Penn. It's going to be the return of BJ Penn to the Octagon. Of course, that card has since been canceled because of the injury by BJ Penn, so I'm sure there's a lot of disappointed fans in the Philippines who may have bought tickets for that show, and of course there's a lot of fans that were disappointed they're not going to get to see BJ Penn, they'll have to wait a little bit longer, BJ Penn to make his return to the cage, and i got to say, one thing's for sure, if BJ Penn is going to come back, we're going to have to see some changes in what we saw in his last couple of fights. He absolutely looked terrible. And his corner is 
typically not good in terms of making changes during fights and between round advice and game plan type things. So he's definitely going to have to step it up because mixed martial arts is so much more than what it was even 10 years ago. And for guys who've been around for a long time, like a BJ Penn, they've got to change with the times and they've got to get people around them that can force them to be well-rounded and have guys in their corner that can give them good and sound advice. They don't have that. People are going to be just fundamentally have an edge. So let's get to the big news of the week or the big news of the day. Of course, Conor McGregor was had his hearing for the bottle throwing incident at the pre-Nate Diaz fight press conference and the athletic commission knocked down a whopping $150,000 fine. So apparently, Fayaz, not only do people get rich by fighting Conor McGregor, but uh, athletic commissions get rich by finding him. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I, I, I don't know if uh, – I don't know, man. I mean, how big of a fine do you get for, you know, throwing bottles? And, and really, I don't even think it was him who started the bottle-throwing incident. So is, uh, does Nate get a bigger fine for that? I think what they were trying to do is they are trying to throw down a percentage. Pat Lundahl, who is always the one who is trying to be um, – I don't know what would the word be. She's always the one that's trying to lay down the law and make sure that everyone knows that they are in control and they make the rules. She suggested a $300,000 fine. $300,000. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely For ridiculous. throwing bottles? For throwing bottles. $300,000 for throwing bottles. Meanwhile, Floyd Mayweather publicly beats his wife and, you know, doesn't get anything. So that's, that is fantastic. I'm glad, uh, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad there's some, uh, morals there with the, uh, with the commission. I, I don't even get that, man. I mean, it's not even that big of a deal. What if it was, what if it was staged theatrics? What if it was just done to sell the fight? That's uh, that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, you know, they had Connor on the phone, and obviously he admitted and apologized, and um, you know, all, said all the things that he probably needed to say. Um, yeah. But you know, again, we've seen this time and time again. Whether it's Nick Diaz getting suspended for, you know, them them contemplating banning Nick Diaz for life or, you know, just ridiculous. The commission just takes it too far sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, who, who commissions the commission? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who, who regulates those guys? For them to say, yeah, what is what and what is right and what is too much 
And maybe even on the flip side, what's not enough? Right. Yeah, you, you know, I don't uh, – I'm not sure it regulates those guys. I mean, that's that's kind of ridiculous. But I do have a feeling it seems like they're a little more harsh when it comes to mixed martial arts. I don't think they're this harsh on, you know, professional boxers or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, or – you know, you're trying to regu- you're trying to regulate the sport. You're trying to, you know, keep it clean, so to say. You want it to be like other, you know, professional sports organizations, right? Yeah, these guys are getting suspended for a year or so at a time and huge fines. And you know, NFL guys just don't have to play for three games. I mean, that's, uh, you know, so so you you can't you can't really reach that level with it, right? And then, you know, boxers, they probably don't see, you know, the this type of uh, penalization. It just doesn't seem like – it just doesn't seem like everybody else gets the same treatment MMA does when it comes to athletic commissions. Well, you know, here's my thing, and I've brought this up before. You know, if you look at the – so if you look at the NFL and say a guy gets uh, – you know, he gets in trouble, whatever it is, gets in trouble with the law – for a drug test or whatever. Everybody already knows he's going to get suspended for X amount of days or X amount of games. There's already a precedent set as to what the punishment's going to be. There's not really that in mixed martial arts. It's kind of like case by case. Do we like you? Do we not like you? And I was one of the biggest guys who said Nick Diaz is an idiot for continuing to smoke marijuana when he knows that it's, he's not supposed to do that. But right. at the same time, it, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's, it, it's, they came down hard on him because they don't like yeah. Nick Diaz. Because right. he is a continued offender and he did fudge on his paperwork. But, but the thing is, there has to be some sort of a standard. There has to be some sort right. of, okay, he did this. So he's suspended for this. It's not just what we come up with. On, based on how we feel and whether or not our coffee was bitter or not that day. Right. Right. I think, yeah, there, there is a, right. There's, there's no standard for it. It's just a, uh, I think they just kind of fly by the seat. You know, they don't, you know, and, but I don't know why they do that. Why not set a precedent for it? Why not treat him like you treat any boxer? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, what that's all about. But uh, you know, why is it? Hey, look, let's just uh, let's just figure it out. Uh, you know, <laughs> let's just figure out as we go. That's kind of, I mean, that's kind of so crazy. Another, I just, yeah, I think they, I, I think. And here's that another thing. I almost feel like they do it on purpose. And here's another thing. So, in the NFL or the NBA, if you're fined they donate that money to charity. So the owner doesn't like pocket that money. The NBA doesn't pocket that money. They donate it to charity. All $150,000 of Conor McGregor's money goes directly into the pocket of the general fund of the state of Nevada. That's pretty shady in my opinion. So... What you're saying, whatever he got fined? Yeah. So if he gets fined, 
you're saying all that money goes straight to the state of Nevada? The you know the general fund. Uh, that's what I read according to an article. I believe it was on MMA Junkie. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that is kind so of. So it's not like. Yeah, it's it. I don't. You know. It is what it is, I guess. Man, I don't. The punishment should fit the crime. I'm plain and simple. I don't know what he got fined. Is it a percentage of what he made? But that shouldn't even be that. It shouldn't be a percentage of what you made or, you know, whatever that may be because, you know, who's to say what you're going to make? It's almost like it's almost like they're hoping you make a bunch of money so that they can find you a certain amount of money so that uh, they can get paid. Yeah, it's it's completely... It's it's completely um, ridiculous. So yeah, so he got 50 hours of community service, 150 thousand dollar fine. Um, you know for, and I, and I get it. There were there were normal people there. Somebody could have got hit with a water bottle and got hurt. Um, right. Sure. Okay. I get that. But kind of back to your point to some degree, it's kind of part of the show, right? It is. I mean, it, it is. But, you know, there's that one ambulance chasing lawyer and, you know, some, and there's going to be some, some spectator, who, you know, maybe one of those bottles break open and pop and the bottle cap goes flying and, you know, they get, they get scratched and, you know, ne- next thing you know, it's a giant lawsuit and, you know, there's and it's a it's a horrible thing to say, but there are people that do that. There, I mean, there are people that just would rather do nothing, and uh, you know, they there are people that would would file a lawsuit for something stupid like that. So you almost have to. Uh, I don't know. So so then, how do you protect yourself from that? Right. How do you protect yourself from that? You know, if you're protecting, if you're trying to protect the spectators, you're saying, well, this is why you don't do it. You're, you're protecting the spectators. You know, it's a, uh, that's kind of a weird thing, man. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I I get it, but at the same time, you know, it's, uh, it's got to sell, right? That's why you have the press conferences, you know, for people to talk smack and, you know, they just took it a little bit too far. That's okay. Let them throw bottles at each other. It's not killing anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's just, I guess, bad job by the NSAC as usual. And I'm also reading a quote here that uh, Pat Lundvall also remarked that Connor McGregor needed to be humbled. <laughs> That's, that's, oh, did he so really? Now, now it's yeah. It, it's so it's also because getting beat uh, down and choked out by Nate Diaz people. the first time wasn't humbling enough. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Conor McGregor can't stay out of the news, of course. So the big rumor going around now, and I don't have any conversation on this, any con- any confirmation on this, but a lot of credible people I, I've read have 
have noted that this is very possibly true. And uh, that is that Conor McGregor this morning during his sparring session got knocked out cold and maybe even got his nose broke, which could uh, make a big have a big impact on his potential on it, uh, potentially on that fight he's got coming up with Eddie Alvarez. Well, that fight won't happen. They're not going to let him fight with a broken nose. They just won't. He can't fight with a broken nose. And if he did get knocked out, they're not going to let him fight, right? You're rolling around with a concussion. All that means is you're just susceptible to getting knocked out again as soon as you fight. You know, that fight's really not that far away. It's just around the corner. If something like that happened, um, you know, he won't be cleared to fight. So I hope none of that is true. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, you know, we're just going to wait. Another, we'll be waiting another month or so for Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez to fight. Either that, or they'll find, or they'll find a replacement for uh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, I'd be one hundred percent certain that uh, Tony Ferguson would be willing to drop out of his fight that he has scheduled to uh, step up for a title shot. Yeah. So, look, if Conor McGregor's out, right, then uh, hey, put Tony Ferguson in there. That'll be a good fight. Because I believe he's scheduled to fight uh, Javier Dos Anjos. Okay, well, I'm not sure what I mean, it meant, but I think that's his next fight. What you got to do is you give the guy with the most wins the next title shot, right? So... You don't make Alvarez wait. I mean, uh, according, you know, it apparently apparently he he signed for the same amount of money he fought DeSandro's for anyway. He did, it's not like he's getting a big payday. So you let him fight Tony Ferguson. Why not? I mean, uh, you you can still do a champ versus champ fight later on, uh, but Tony Ferguson should get that shot. You shouldn't give it to DeSandro's. You can give uh, Dos Anjos to anybody. Is Cerrone yeah, on that card? Coming off of the law. He is. He's already on the card. Yeah, he's he's scheduled. On, yeah, he's already on the card. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Ferguson that's right. That's right. That's a fight. Uh, Dos Anjos on November fifth. So McGregor does pull out to, for Ferguson to swap. You know, just put his fight off another week or two. Schedule-wise, they could probably make that work pretty easily. Yeah, and Tony Ferguson doesn't care. He's a pretty well-rounded dude. I mean, uh, he's not going to care who he has to fight at the last second. He'll fight Eddie Alvarez. He's not. He's not going to complain about that at all. So USC 204 was Saturday night. Of course, like I said at the top of the show, Manchester, England. Michael Bisping. Got the uh, hero's welcome, as he usually does. But, uh, man, I tell you what, he almost didn't make it out of the first round. I thought Dan Henderson yeah. was about to bring that belt back to the back to the United States. I tell you what, man, that's the only way Dan Henderson could have brought that belt back to the United States. He would have had to have won that way. And it went to a decision. As soon as it went to a decision, I said, man, if they were in the UFC, if they were fighting in Vegas, they'd probably give it to Dan Anderson. 
but they're not in Vegas. And, uh, you know, Dan Henderson said it best. You know, I wish they judged the fight based on how <laughs> how both fighters looked at the end. He goes, because I probably would have won. So uh, he busted up, up Bisping really nice in that first round. And you could, you know what, man? I think he should have got a 10-8 for that round. Yeah, he yeah for a good uh, the last half he he pretty much controlled it. Um, it was an interesting fight, man. You know, again for me, what I what I thought made the difference long term. Uh, so going into like the third round, I'm feeling like or fourth round, I'm feeling like Henderson is is winning the fight. But then they showed the fight metric numbers, and. Michael Bisping outstruck Dan Henderson like three to one. Absolutely. Like that. And, uh, and, and of course, as the, as the fight went on, Michael Bisping, you know, he slowed down a little bit, but, you know, as expected, the guy doesn't usually get tired. He doesn't gas. Dan Henderson slowed down a lot. And I think that, I think that probably made a bit of a difference. I think that made a bit of a difference. So did them being in Manchester. That probably made a bit of a difference, too. It was a close fight. It was a close fight. It could have gone either way. I mean, Dan Anderson got a takedown in the fifth round. You could have judged that either way. You know, he dropped Bisping again in the second round. You could have judged that either way. You could have gave him a 10-8 in the first round. It would have been a lot closer. He did, I think, uh, kind of slow down in the middle of the fight. But if you're going to go by fight metric, then um, if you know by fight metric, right, I would say Carlos Condit probably should have beat Robbie Lawler for the title. John Dodson should have well, beat John Lineker. I thought he did. John Lineker last week. Yeah. Right? You know? You, you know what I mean? If you know by fight metric, you know, John, right? Lineker shouldn't have won that fight last week. You know, because uh, Dotson outstruck him, outstruck him, landed more shots, you know, did what he thought was the right thing, but uh, he got uh, he got he got stalked the whole fight, and and Lineker landed some bigger power shots, and that's what gave Lineker the fight. So if you use that fight metric, Dan Henderson could be the champ right now. Yeah, you know, and. Going, getting into that kind of stuff, then we're, you're back into the same the same bag of worms that we were just in with the athletic commission, talking about how bad the athletic commission is, then also how an inconsistent judging is, which is another right. ridiculous problem in mixed martial arts. Yeah, definitely. But um, De- definitely, it's not it's not the same. Like you know, it's just you. You never know. Even if you think one guy won the fight, you never know what one of the other judges is looking at. And you and and sometimes you go, what? You know, is this correct? You know, that, you know, was that guy asleep? Was he even looking at the fight, or was he, you know, texting somebody the whole time? You just you don't know, man. You you have no idea. Which, for the record, I watched Cecil Peoples do when he was judging a strike force fight for at least eight to 10 minutes of the fight, he was looking at his phone. Yeah. So 
that does happen apparently. Oh, I bet it does. It's I don't ridiculous. even know. Does Cecil people still judge? No. No, this was back in, oh, I don't know, probably 2010. Yeah. Yeah, so this has been a while, but. Yeah, judging is terrible. But anyway, co main event, <laughs> Gegar Musasi beats up deflated Vitor Belfort. This How about that, man? What's that? He looks sharp. I thought Masasi looks pretty sharp. Still looked not very interested, but his hands went in the places <laughs> they needed to go. <laughs> yeah. You know what, man? He 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 took a wild shot from Vitor, you know, gave him the uh, Dikembe Matumbo, said, you know, you know, gave him the uh-uh-uh. And, uh, you know, you know what got me about that fight? He brought the fight to Vitor. He got in there. Now he's yeah. bring the fight to Vitor. The the they technique did. that led, the technique that leads to that finish, he kicks Vitor in the head, right? And it was so fast, you know, it was pretty fast, man. And some people couldn't tell. I was sitting with some people watching the fight. They couldn't tell if that kick landed or not. In fact, they didn't think it landed until the uh, until the instant replay, but – I saw that get right upside his head, and the next thing you know, I just saw him start. Musasi uh, uh, just lit him up. He lit him up. You know, Vitor went to the ground. I think uh, he probably got, you know, he probably got beat on probably about a minute too long. You know, obviously the ref is going to give Vitor Belfort, you know, the benefit of the doubt and let him work his way out of it. But he just got pounded, went to the ground. You know, I don't know what happened to that guy's jujitsu, but it's been gone for about ten years now. And just it's he's lost when he hits the ground. Doesn't know what he's doing. It looks like he basically gave Musashi the mount and got beat up, man. I don't I don't know uh, I don't know what's left for Vitor Belfort. Yeah, that was it was a tough loss for him. But back back to Musashi, yeah, I was really impressed with the way that he kind of just walked Belfort down. He cut the cage off really well and uh, yeah. just kind of cornered him, you know, in a, in a cage that's really hard to corner people. So yeah. credit to that guy, man. I, I think uh, I think he definitely needs a, uh, without question, at the very least, a top three, top three guy. Yeah, you you got to give you got to give Musashi somebody strong, man. The Musashi's really good. I've followed him for a long time. I think he's a good fighter. Everybody goes, well, he seems disinterested when he's there. The guy's just stoic, man. He's focused and he's ready to fight. You know, he's not the guy who dances around, jumps up and down, screams, you know, points at Bruce Buffer. He's just not that guy, right? He just goes in there and he gets the job done. So you got you got to give him that. And, you know, his striking's gotten a whole lot better. His ground game has always been strong. I think uh, I think if he carries on, he'll be somebody to uh, look for in that division. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I've I've liked him since I saw him back in uh, maybe it was Elite XC pre Strike Force, and uh, I remember writing a couple of articles on him too. And because at that time he wasn't really really well known outside of the hardcore fans. But uh, 
Yeah, I always like to just joke about the fact that he just looks disinterested because I think it's funny. But yeah, he's, he's a good boxer. He's got good stand up. He's solid on the ground. And I would agree, man. I think uh, I think it'll be good to see where they go with him. How about Jimmy Manoa, man? <laughs> I thought he fought a great fight against a uh, very tough uh, Oban St. Proof. That's right. And he uh, he he got Oban St. Proof good, man. He he got. Owen St. Prue got knocked out. He, you know, did the, the leg fold. The oh-so-uncomfortable-looking leg fold. You know, the one that uh, Mirko Krokop experienced almost <laughs> where he got kicked in the yeah. head by Gabe Gonzaga. That's, uh, that is, you, you know, you watch people get knocked out and then you watch people get knocked out. And when that happens, it just looks so much worse than your average knockout. Yeah, it does, and that was the first thing I thought of, too, when I saw that leg fold up underneath him. It took me back to Mirko Krokop. But, uh, man, I thought I thought Menowar looked good. He, he stayed patient. You know, he didn't – he wobbled OSP and, uh, but didn't rush in immediately. Kind of stayed patient and waited for another shot to open up and just dropped him. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, – you know, and, hey, props to Jimmy Manoa, man. I mean – OSP was probably expected. I don't know if he was the favorite or not, but uh, I think most people expected him to win.